Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Line up the, the microphone with your, with your tongue. Oh, welcome. Hey, everyone. Great to be here. Uh, my name is Ulf. Uh, I was here doing the photo shoot with the boys, and uh, it was a lot of fun. You should have seen uh, Mr. Dunlop was always jumping around and dancing with his hair, etc. Took off his glasses. I said, put them on. You're making everyone jealous. And then uh, Mr. James Sharman, he had too many beers and had to have a nap. I said, no, just sleep over there. It's fine in the corner, like a little, like a hound dog sleeps at the foot of my bed. Mr. Craig Forrest over there, so tall, just like a sturdy English oak, just always, just, just so, so confident and there. And now, unfortunately, Mr. Burley, Mr. Balding, Danny Dickio, it's not here. I like when he's around because he's just so full of life and positive. And he, it's like every time I stand near him, it's like he wants to hurt me. But at the same time, he also wants to hug me, I assume. And then Dan Wong, he's just holding things together. What a day today was. Footy Prime, enjoy the show, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, Ulf. Over the next few few weeks and months, but you know, for you that whined about Nigel being too offensive, how do you find Ulf Olfersen? Just curious. Ulf sounds very much like Bruno. And did you give him a last name? I don't think he Olfersen. named himself Olfersen. No, that's his new name. Yeah, Ulf Olfersen. Ulf Olfersen seems to be a bit of a trend with the names. And, and just to um, just to clarify, the the opening um, foray, shall we say, um, about the mic was in reference to the last couple of weeks of some mic issues on this very podcast and and we do apologize for those mic issues but we think Ulf has got uh, the boys trained here and and that won't be an issue moving forward hello everybody wow them that's the clearest you've ever sounded is it (laughs) jeez bitter (laughs) no no i'm steve bitterman no i'm absolutely in yes craig forrest i will be better craig forrest can only try Dan Wong, Brendan Dunlop, JC's here, it's Jeff Carr, I'm James Sharma. No, no Dickio, as Alpha mentioned there in this, this shutdown edition. Not lockdown, a shutdown. Different, but the same in every fucking way. Is, Thanks, is he in quarantine because he came from the States? I think he's on a debriefing meeting still with, with John Herbman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I bet you they've had ball? a few. No, no, his phone and his passport are still uh, in the CSAs. Uh, they would have had a several debriefs in several areas. I hope they got a chance to celebrate, though, because let's be honest, that was, you know, when we recorded last week, um, we, you guys, I wasn't here, um, to say that since then, they, they had scored 16 goals. 
<laughs> it's not bad, is it? Jesus Christ. Hey, Craig, who uh, won the bet? There was a big bet last night. What do you mean, who? Ten and who? Half, who? Right? What do you mean, ten and a half, yeah. right? What do you mean, who won? I won it in the one game. That's right. Also, thanks for bringing it up, you, you big did, jerk. Did you? Yeah. How much yeah. was it? How much was it? It, it was, was only tenner. ten bucks. And, and I don't have cash on me, so. You mean he keeps you don't even have bread the money keeps... to pay your debts? Correct. Whoa. I'm basically a professional I think, I, soccer team. I think you owe me for the uh, NCAA, too. You owe me for the NCAA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't got any cash on me. I know. <laughs> Boy, we digress quick, don't we? <laughs> that was about three minutes in. There should yeah. be a fist-bumping cat at the front, though. Just for Anyway. The- let me ask you this though. It was uh, so, so you, must have been about, fun to play in. We'll get to Canada and how, how great they were, you know. But I'm thinking of two two other teams right now. I'm thinking of um, our boy Thomas Rongan's America Samoa team, right? Arguably the worst team in the world, right? Um, who was it? Oh, Danny Kovman's once upon a time said that TFC was the worst team in the world. In the world, if there was like a little three team league, including the Cayman Islands, who would win that league and who would come dead last? Ooh, it's wrong in coaching American Samoa, or yes. is he allowed to coach all of them? Honestly, I, I think as bad as the Cayman Islands were and are, I think Thomas's team would be worse. I think the Cayman Islands would probably win that. I mean, where are they? Where are they? They're, they're traditionally traditionally like the again? worst in the in the world. Are they like ranked like two hundred eight or something? American Samoa has been ranked the lowest, yes. Mind you, they, they, Hence only, they got a movie. They, they don't play any games. They though. lost 19 mil, right? Was it 19 mil? 31 oh, sorry, 30, mil. Oh, is that to Australia yeah. or something? Australia. Yeah. And the only <laughs> player remained from that team when Rungan took them over and they, spoiler alert, won a match in World Cup qualifying, was the goalkeeper. <laughs> Which is, you can imagine, the scars. Unbelievable story. If you haven't seen Next Goal Wins, there'll be a feature film with Michael Fassbender portraying our friend Thomas Rongan, which is unbelievable, directed by Oscar-winning Taika Waititi. No idea when that'll be out. Thanks, COVID, but can't wait to see the film. You know what? Thomas is such a character. It's like it, I can see why it's a movie. I, I, I mean, Fassbender's a fantastic actor, but no one can really encapsulate the true TR that we know. I would agree with that. He is such a character. I've said this many times. In doing the Fox show, as brief as it was. That's that, Fox show, not the Fox show. Correct. Fox Soccer News. Although, at this point in your career, you might want to think about moving to the Fox show. Yeah. I think life is a Fox show is, is basically what it's turned into. <laughs> Doseki's got it wrong. The most interesting man in the world has and will always be Thomas J. Rongan. There's no doubt. Best stories I've ever heard. And, and this guy beside me has got some pretty good ones. Yeah, Craig. He's talking disgusting. about Craig. He's not talking about JC for those of you who can't see. Well, Thomas, he's got all those like the the um, North American Soccer League stories too, right? That yeah, there were fun times for those guys. My, my old mate Brian Budd has has very similar ones. I, I, I wish I had a chance to see both TR and Budgie in the same yeah, room at the same time, just talking about their old experiences. Because sweet Jesus, they would have eating a pizza. They would have been crushing a pizza. Yeah, wouldn't have been the PG. That's for sure. No, you wouldn't have been able to put it on a podcast or radio or any type of recording. There would be massive... Well, you probably could have gotten to Footy Prime, the Footy Garage. More of a, It's more of a clubhouse chat. It like lives, it's not recorded. Right. It would be it's, more it's, like that. It comes and it goes, so to speak. Kind of like... Plus, how much do you remember of these podcasts? Not too much. Very little, for some reason. Well, now that you have someone scrubbing them to make promos for Instagram... 
Yeah, by the way, if you haven't Smart. followed us on, on, on Twitter and Instagram, please do. B here has been, been slicing and dicing. Nice and job. Great little vignettes. Come vignettes. Thank you. I call them social media content promotion. That's, that's a much sexier term. Is. Isn't that? That I sounds so. really good. But essentially, it's a vignette. Uh, you sound really good. Do I? Yeah. Don't the way you're holding the shaft. American Samoa ranked 100, 192. Ooh, so they're up. I'm going to find out because I'm not sure how many are. How many nations in FIFA? 200 and, I thought it was 208. It it's over two. What was it? Yeah. There might be some new nations between now and the last World Cup. Well, there wasn't European session. qualifying. Is there an East Macedonia? Oh, if there was, they they There's might a also beat Germany. It's just a north and a south. But I haven't seen South Macedonia. So North Macedonia beat Germany, right, in, in qualifying yeah. this week. Is that for real? Un- <laughs> I know. April I, Fools. I tweeted that, the scoreline, and several yeah. people responded privately, this is not a real scoreline, question mark. It was staggering. Even in, like two days prior to that, Georgia had a great game against Spain, right? Almost mm. got- Luxembourg. The Ireland. Now, Ireland has, you know, this, this kind of crazy track record. They're either quite good or just shit. Right now, they're just shit, I guess. But still, Luxembourg, who have made some steps in the last few years, but we've seen some really strange results. Have you seen the team sheet? It's more like Luxembourg-Portugal. Yeah, right. Yeah, I actually made the, made the point um, about uh, the Cayman Islands, you know, and the seen better pub teams. And I have. I mean, let's, let's be fair. That wasn't me. Wasn't me. My bike is fine. That was Dan Wong stepping on everything. So, so Craig, let me ask you then. So, Cayman's like utterly shit. We know that. But so, what can you take from those games at Canada? I mean, listen, sixteen goals. Who cares that they're playing? Is is a great way to build against morale. Team gets together. Yeah. Could you, as a coach, take much from those results? Do you think? Well, yes. Um, not so much from the results, but. What an opportunity for, for John to try different things in a game that's not, the result's not in danger, really, let's be fair. So, you know, you can do a whole bunch of different things. So the time that he got to spend with the team, you know, he's learned a lot about them, personalities, what they're like. You know, he's, he's, he's got a pretty good grasp of the Canadian mentality, same as the women, you know, that, you know, they do fight together and they traditionally... The national team players have got along really, really well, and we and we've always sort of been in that mentality where nobody gives a shit. We're all on this like, you know, we're down the goal cover wherever. I mean, nobody in Canada really cares. I mean, it's a small fraction, and it's just kind of like we feel like the Wimbledon of uh, Concacaf. Nobody That's likes great, us, and we don't care. It. It's you're it's the seen... crazy gang of Concacaf. Yeah. That's brilliant. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. There you go. They didn't have nobody cared about them either. Much better than being the Millwall of Concacaf. No Ooh, one yeah. likes us. We don't well, care. What it, island is that in Concacaf? Yeah, who's Millwall of Concacaf? Saint Kitts and Nevis. No, it's well, because you got when actually. you talk about Millwall, yeah. you got to bring in the supporters, and they're just nasty. He's right. Then America, the American outlaws. Oh yeah, yeah, they're intimidating. Those guys from Texas, yeah, just if you're wild down there, and we pay three thousand bucks a month for a one bedroom apartment in Austin. You big jerk! Won't mess with those people. <laughs> Although Craig what might disagree, might, Craig might have uh, issues with other fan bases in Concacaf that we far worse than than the states. You know, the ones that toss bags of piss at you, that kind, those kind of teams. Mexico, yeah, yeah. 
Did you get hit with a bag of pisses? No, no, not Mexico. They're too far away. Mm. As much as Aztec is like, it's on top of you, but it's still a long ways away. Thank Would it be God. You- and there's a barbed wire fence, and then there's police, uh, and then there's a big moat. Thank God you didn't play Mexico at Upton Park. That would be... Oh, jeez. Right that the would have been nuts if you if that was a Mexican crowd in Upton Park. That, yeah. So Aztec... Yeah, I, I like, you, I like better- the Mexican crowd. Like, I mean, you know, they're the best in the region. Are you better off being and, throwing a bag of shit then at the Azteca than a bag of piss? What do you mean? Getting well, I mean, it's heavier, a, I would think. It all depends on the... And you can get more distance with it. It depends on how wet it is. A really wet shit. If it's dry, if it's a bit dry like a cow patty's been sitting there for three, I'll take one of them. No, no, a fresh, a fresh wet shit in a bag. Is that better to toss <laughs> than, than a bag of urine? Human or cow? <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather a cow patty hit me than a human shit. But, but there aren't many cows Especially in the Wongers. stands, are they? I remember, but being, I mean, El Salvador, I mean, it's the same stadium they're playing in as we did. Been there for a long time. But it, it also was a different time down there. I mean, they know they try to intimidate the the fans or the, uh, the, the away team, but it was also a different time. They're coming out of a civil war. I mean, San Salvador was a disaster, like just blown out and just sad people. And was it was a tough place. But when you got to the stadium on match day, did it resemble a match? Did it feel like a modern day of that time match? Or did it well, feel like I the mean, drive to the stadium? Well, the drive to the stadium was okay. And then we were just looking out. Windows were all blown out. All the few high rises that they had. And and then once we turned the corner sort of to go toward the stadium, that was it. It was like a roadblock. It was just crawl through these fans who were just letting you have it. It's wild to me, and you talked last week about you having some of the same stories that current players have. And, I mean, there's a lot of layers to that. I think a lot of these stadiums haven't really changed as well. I think Mm -hmm. it's incredible that you and Alex have some of the same – Alex Bunbury have some of the same stories. But also, if you were to talk to Julian de Guzman and Atiba Hutchinson, Dwayne de Rosario, now Jonathan Osorio and Alfonso Davies, it's – kind of insane that you have so many similar stories i feel like in a lot of other countries you know the program would especially an evolving program would change so much that there wouldn't be so much similarity but it's, mm. it's kind of wild in canada i think that's quite unique to canada more so than Concacaf that you, your stories transcend generations like that you know what i mean yeah they do yeah, it's interesting i mean i mean obviously the Concacaf thing and getting Concacaf and yeah all those stories and whatnot, but it's always been an interesting area because you got these, you know, Mexico that just dominate and have done. Americans have caught up, but back in the uh, early eighties, even early nineties, eighty, yeah, early nineties, they weren't exactly. at a competitive level. They weren't really, yeah. When was it ninety? They qualify for 90. Italian ninety. Beat Trinidad, I think, in Port of Spain, um, but that was when they were starting to come up, and we could see it because you could start to see they were starting to produce players, goalkeepers. Keller were playing over Millwall, and Spurs had long careers there. Friedel, um, uh, you could see that they were, once they got serious about it, 
you knew that they were going to be a powerhouse. They just had to be. Although a lot of people would have predicted they would have been a lot further along than they are already, but, you know, they're doing fairly well. It's a great argument. I mean, so many years now people have been saying the States with the kids playing, how many kids are playing there, China, mm-hmm. even India. You know, this massive population basis, why aren't they better than they are? Yeah. Well, the problem is with the States, and it's becoming that way in Canada too, it's, it's quite white, and it's becoming money-driven. If you are going to get to the next level, you got to get to these, you know, these academies and spending four or five grand. It's getting like that. Like it's not like the Alfonso Davies story is not normal. I mean, he was very fortunate to get supported very well by people in Edmonton. And then he got right coaching, a little bit of luck here and there in Vancouver, happens to be around with Major League Soccer at the time. What if it wasn't there? Or what would have happened to him? Some kid from Edmonton, so, another so, one. So Fonzie like, coming over as a refugee in 1985 has a very different experience to the Fonzie coming over and, and you know in, in, in the 2000s. I think yeah. it's more so the question that Fonzie, the five-year-old or eight-year-old, has a different, you know, set of playing surfaces uh, and you know, in opportunities um, in 1990 than in 2000. Where I think recognizing the talent is why he pushed on. Mm-hmm. There was always someone there to make sure that he was suited yeah, up. Yeah, there's, there's suited there's, and there's booted. Football people in Edmonton have a lot that should be respected greatly. You know? Yeah, and the Whitecaps get a lot of credit, and yeah. they should. But yeah. Edmonton is, is well. Didn't his agent have him. something like his ended up being his agent was the guy one of the guys in Edmonton I believe that helped him supported him quite a lot, a lot too, right? So. It was a f- father of uh, another teammate, uh, one of Fonzie's teammates. Yeah. So Jeff Paulus was involved too, right? Am I wrong there? I'm not sure. Edmonton. Certainly, he's not. He's not the agent. The agent was, no, no, was the, the agent, father of a teammate of Alfonso's. Yeah, yeah. Made sure that he was able to yeah. get you know everywhere he needed to, and when the Whitecaps came calling, accompanied him. Um, you know, as a family liaison, friend mm-hmm. of the family, and has grown to becoming an agent and now is doing incredible uh, record-setting Canadian deals, which is pretty special and a cool Canadian story in its own right. Just the two goals, though, for Fonzie, over those two games, yeah. you know. 16 goals scored, just two, not good enough. Not good enough. <laughs> How many assists did he get? <laughs> Five, I think. Three, three, three in the first, game, the first right? game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he's just, he was going yeah, by yeah, those guys like pylons, right? Like, yeah. Literally like pylons. Do you think? Yes, you I could, think there. I think you might be faster in a couple of them. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Not at all. What I was going to ask if, if really we, no no if we no. put a squad together, if you think that we could have beat the Caymans, and I expected your answer to be like, "Not with you on left wing." That's what I expected. I wouldn't put you on left wing. I'd put you on left out. <laughs> there you go. Been there my whole life, bro. Nothing new. I Craig. know. And uh, the poor Caymans. Bermuda was shite as well. Let's be honest. Right, Bermuda was oh, terrible. Bermuda. Well, they're missing, I know they're missing as, some players but, as well. But I, I'm just two people are still championing some of these teams. You know, Bermuda. I'll wash out for when they get their players back. Like what, Reggie Lamb? Well, like he's fucking world class. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Reggie uh, Lamb's a tidy player for for North America. He's not world class. So calm down when they play Syria. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess I mean Vic, Victor Montagliani. I guess he took a little bit. Well, he just defended the the minnows like he should. President of Concacaf, he has no choice. That he said, "This is the only blowout we've seen in Concacaf," and I was like, "That's a good point." When Suriname being on the right end of 
a six nil though. Yeah, there was a six. It was a yeah. seven nil and a six nil and a four nil though. Yeah, as well. Yeah, but not like you know, like Australia out there. No, there wasn't a thirty-one nil. <laughs> yeah, right. They, you know, that's what we're talking about. Some crazy. But he's got to defend. Victor's got to defend his, his qualifying process, right? They well, I think it, was, I think it wasn't that perfect. They they admit that. We were talking about in Europe uh, countries that are overachieving or playing well. Well, we're seeing it. If you have a good coaching system, if Iceland can do it with what three hundred thousand people, like let's be fair. I think too. You know, you look at Portugal. We were talking about how Portugal was not a prominent team before Euro 2000, really. The golden generation, Luis Figo, Rui yeah. Costa, that was at the under-20 World Cup in 1990 or whatever that early 90s year was. Then they made Euro 96, and they were considered a, a big disappointment. Those guys were still young at the time, but they were a huge disappointment. They didn't make the World Cup in France in 98. Euro 2000, they lost in the semifinal against France. That was a real coming of age for Portuguese soccer. Come year 2004 when they're hosting, now you have one of the best players in the world, one of the best players in football history in Luis Figo, a budding superstar you can tell in Cristiano Ronaldo. It That ascendancy to relevancy, let alone you know Europe's elite, was, was very, very quick. And it, it feels as though Portugal have been a power for a long time, but they were in the 60s and then they weren't for 30 years. And they yeah. are again now. So it's, it's yeah. kind they of the had the odd, they, had, they always had good the odd good, great player, though, didn't they? They always had somebody... And because they had good clubs, you know, those two True. powerhouses of Porto and Benfica, but well, and Sporting. Charmin would say this when I was in my early 20s and I began traveling the world. And I would tell him great stories about meeting this English person from here and this English person from there when I was in the Caribbean. And he says, you'll find English people everywhere. Mm. The Brits are absolutely everywhere. We try and escape that fucking island as much as possible. That's why. that. But my point being is that that seems to be the case now with Portuguese coaches. You'll find a Portuguese coach... Uh, uh, you know, on a, a winning team uh, at, the, at the top of a league all over the world. Yeah. No matter what country you're looking at, there's a, a Portuguese that's got in there. Now, did the Portuguese well Federation, is this by luck or was it by they actually have a system of coaching and coaching development? There was a recognition in the 90s of coaching being the key. So there was a, right. a, think of a focus in making this the standard of coaching, elevating the standard of coaching yeah. considerably more so than they had in the yeah. 70s and the 80s when they... It is key. It didn't transcend. Absolutely so key. So you're seeing it now. But also I think what's what's very cool is that you're seeing coaches like Jose Mourinho, Andre Villas-Boas, who didn't have great playing careers, but are incredibly studious, you know, quite unique managers, similar to John Herdman, who doesn't really have, you know, a prominent playing career, but has really been a, a, a mind of the, the game, game yeah. a student yeah. of the game, mm -hmm. and it's translated into mm -hmm. an incredible coach. And one thing about guys like him teams. that uh, um, Mourinho in that category too is that a lot of players, if you had a long career and say you're retiring in your 30s and now you're going to start getting into coaching, you might get an opportunity because you're a former player and a name, but the guys that are, you know, had career-ending injuries which they, you know, don't want and you don't wish that on anybody or people that have a football brain like Herdman or something, they start so young. You got, you got 10, 15 years on something, really. Yeah, absolutely. If you're really, really dissecting it, like, like John Herdman does, like I've you know known him for a long time and with a women's program as well. Like it's, it's impressive. If like you're prepared it, to own your stripes you know, and start at the bottom and a guy like John Herdman or a guy like Joseph Mourinho had to start at the bottom somewhere. Because they weren't, the doors weren't opening for them. Like, for example, you know, uh, yeah. a Frank de Boer. 
you know, right. that's established. Can you imagine, I mean, really, beer, jo- Jose, how he <laughs> would have got treated, uh, you know, when he was, you know, the, the interpreter, really, for yeah. Sir Bobby Robson. That's Robson's. an amazing story. You know, he would have, you know, guys would have, like, made, you know, they lived in the punching bag a little bit. The story is that they lived in the same building, I think. Who are Robson and, uh, and, Jose, and Mourinho, Jose. And that's how he, he got in with it. But Robson's the kind of guy also to give that, that kid a chance, an right. opportunity. A lot of managers probably would, you're a freaking translator. Shut up. I don't hear tactics. We've all watched um, uh, Ted Lasso, <laughs> right? You know, the, the, the kit man. Actually, oh, right. the, kit, Nick? the kit man. Nick. Nick. He's a football savant, right? We need more Nicks in the game. <laughs> we do, actually. We very much do. Uh, to be honest, my favorite character in Ted Lasso actually was Nick. Really, He's superb. I the my kit man at Ipswich was, was, was amazing. It, was was he a football savant? He did well. He just cleaned the mean kit. No, you know what he was because yeah, he, he he was he was a beauty because it didn't matter who came into the club like he would just didn't matter if anybody acted big time Charlie like it'd be like yeah fuck it that's I, I, oh yeah so I work yeah, with man. I work with Kevin Beatty and. You know, and Terry Butcher and all like that's you know. interesting. Kitman, like, so wh- where is a statue at a club for Kitman? Uh, well, this guy, he was no, he was he was Mister Ipswich. He was he did everything when I was in the youth team. Okay, he was a guy with the little nub. He he cut his he cut his finger half of his. Greg his, is showing his fingers yeah, for the audience. Yeah, half of his right now. index finger. A nub, just the index. Finger. So he cut it off with a saw, a bandsaw, on purpose. <laughs> maybe because boy oh boy Initiation. that was like sharp and strong so he when you when you didn't clean something like the shitter right because we have to clean the shitters or, or or whatever if he went on the top of the top of the ledge of the window or the door and there was dust holy christ somebody get the get the old nub Really? What, 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 oh, right in the rib. Right in the is rib. Is that worse than the finger? Like a full finger? The nub's worse? For sure. What, you oh, yeah. Have you, you never wrestled I'll try it like on a, you. a brother I'll try, or Let a me try it on you. I suppose so, but I think it's more pointy. Well, if you gave somebody a noogie, would you give them with your fingers? No, you give them with your knuckles. Yeah, I guess yeah. fair enough. Strong. Well, maybe you're sensitive, though. You got cut off. Strong. I mean, yeah? Strong nub? I don't even think you can feel it, but it hurts. So it's, I had it a couple times. Daly and Atkinson. Legend. Legend. God rest his soul. He took it. He was a 16-year-old. Big physical beast, right? He took he, Trevor Curtin, his name was. He gave him the fucking one of the end of the ribs, and Dalian fucking took him on. Really? Yeah. The kit man on. Yeah. This is a star striker taking on the kit man. Well, sixteen year old. We we're right. sixteen in the youth team. Wow. He's like, you do that to me one more time, I will kill you. Was it like De Niro? <laughs> was like, holy shit. What's that movie with De Niro? And he's, he's in the army and, and he says he's at a bar. Some fight breaks out. And he goes, I'll, I'll take you with my thumb. And he just kills this guy, beats his shit with, it, with his thumb. Charms, that's a Schindler's freaking list. movie. No, it's no, a, but I'm just saying, I've got this vision of this of Nubby, what's his name? Trevor Curtin. Right, with his nub, just beating the shit out of okay. David Atkinson. Yeah. Niall Nubbersons? And Trevor Curtin used to do everything. So he used to drive the bus, and he used to fly before restrictions came in. But he's disabled, he can drive the bus. What, with nub. four and a half fingers? Or nine and a half? With big wheels in the buses. Oh, yeah, he was a good, a good yeah, bus driver. Comes in he was a good like bus signals. driver. Yeah. Wow. And then he would do all the kit, and then he would do everything. He was, yeah. But in, so that's that's a guy that's been at the club. He's seen managers come and go. Oh, you went through go, the heyday. So he's always, he's got a job for life, right, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? 
Other clubs you're at, I mean, would the kit men come and go, or were they pretty much part of the furniture? No, no. Uh, West Ham, Eddie, Eddie Gillins, he was there for whew, uh, 20, 30 years. How long, eh? Yeah. I guess to get fired as a kit man, you've got to be pretty shitty at your job. I mean, <laughs> really, your job is to, you know, equipment, yeah. shirts, kits. Make the sure ones that have problems are the ones that start getting opinionated about the uh, team. Right. Right. And that happens? Oh, yeah. Like a, hey, hey, yeah, hey, or Joe, a physiotherapist Joe, 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 getting involved with a manager trying to watch like Danny Diggio coming in late. <laughs> yeah, De- like Nick the De- Knife. I bet you Deitch was a little bit later than. Like, what did he say? Deitch said he was like, what it, thirty seconds late. I, I kind of doubt that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a great point, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Amazing how time flies by and Diggio gets innocent and innocenter. Remember, like you'd be doing, you'd show up on the set for a soccer game Would on Saturday like morning. Countdowns almost. Yeah, like five, four. What game are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> no makeup on. Yeah, gleaming, no makeup. Gleaming skull. Yeah. No we had to do it, had to get him made up. But the thing with Dickie, like, he'd say that, right? And it'd be just, you know, just make the show on time. And then, boom, light goes on and he'd, he'd crush it. It'd be great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He, he, oh, no. And even better thing, yeah. he doesn't listen to this podcast ever. Well, let's find out. No. Dickie, are you piece of shit? <laughs> I want a piece of you. Yeah, don't tell don't anybody tell him. <laughs> do you think it's Danny's fault that Canada only scored 16 goals? He was kind of uh, helping out the strikers. Yeah, because there was, you know, Cavallini in the first game could have had three. <sighs> the one he missed was terrible. He made up for it in the second game. But yeah, then again, so could I. Well, that's it. Well, I mean, not, let's be fair. And it's not, it's, A, the player is not the player's fault. But this is a very unique situation that Canada's in where they're playing, you know, two, three very, very poor sides. In World Cup qualifying, that has never happened before. So, for instance, I I thought, well, I know Dale Mitchell was a fantastic striker for Canada, and I was looking at his games and the game, goals he scored against and the teams he played. Holy cow! Like there was no like he played Cuba. Is the list there? Eh? Twice. I've got it here. Yeah. Guys. I've got it actually. You got it Yugoslavia. Iraq. It's amazing. Like like top top clubs or very good clubs. Yeah. This is Dale Mitchell, Canada's, uh, well, was, was Canada's leading goal scorer for a long time. Strong nations from other regions. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, that, that's right. You're not confined to CONCACAF. Yeah. Yeah, just a stretch. Like it was Congo, China, Poland, Chile, Yugoslavia, Iraq, Costa Rica, Honduras, Bermuda, USA, USA, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, Peru, Colombia, Jamaica, Jamaica, Mexico, Greece. Chile, Greece, Trinidad, Guatemala, USA. Those are tough games. Mexico, Jesus, Mexico. That's a tough. They didn't play any play any weak teams. But Canada and the United States have a problem with being able to secure games against different nations from other confederations, strong nations, that would really give those players such such an opportunity, even if they got thrashed. Like, remember when Canada played Brazil? Dero was in the game. It was mid two thousands, maybe two thousand five, two thousand six, or something. And it was very much seen as like, oh well, Brazil just need a team to thrash. But I think everyone involved in that Canadian camp would have said that that was an incredible experience. They played Portugal in two thousand five, mm-hmm. uh, similar kind of idea. And mm-hmm. we, you just don't see enough of those games. I don't yeah. know if Jonathan Azorio has well, those stories. We of had countries like that. we were lucky. Well. We were so disappointed with not making US 94, but there was only one and a half spots, right? So, all right. 
you're playing Mexico. It's like, okay, well, we pretty much right. So we came close. We're tied going down to the last game. Um, what was my point? <laughs> nations, big nations, big opportunity to play competitive teams out of, outside of the region. Big matches. No, no that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it? That wasn't what we were talking about? USA 94 missing out. Not having more yeah. CONCACAF spots at USA 94. Right. Not being Thomas Rangan. Who was that? You read out. I think you read out John Catliff's record there. By the way, not. Oh, was it? Yeah, because Dale, the one you sent me. Oh, was he Haiti, Honduras, Honduras, Cuba, Scotland, three times Scotland. Yeah, three times over the course of a a week. Yeah, is that right? Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to talk about. We failed to make ninety-four, but what happened was, yeah, a found story. Yeah. So it's been a long day. Holy shit, I've been up early. Drove for like eight hours. Nothing to do do with the... Let me get on it before I forget again, (laughs) Wonger. So, hey, Canada is well situated for the U.S. to warm up games for the U.S. 94. You mean a tune-up? What do you mean to warm up? Tune-up, whatever you want to call it. Could do that right now. For the U.S., you mean? Well, for teams preparing for U.S. 94. Oh, excuse me. Okay, got it. So... We had a stretch of Spain, Morocco, Brazil, Germany, Holland. These teams that have qualified, <laughs> they want to beat yeah. you up. Right. So that was our stretch of games in, in like a week. <laughs> so Montreal, Edmonton, Mont- or, or Toronto, Montreal, back to Toronto again. And then wow. the Dutch were the last team. And they all play. They they played. Everybody played their starting lineup. Every star player you can imagine. Like it was it was amazing. But when we got to the Dutch game. Um, we were done. Like the out players. We had a small squad, right? So they. I mean, they're playing most of the same squad. And then, so you were tired, and that's why you lost. No. No, but they were four 0 up at half, and that was the only game we were getting really thrashed. We tied Brazil and Edmonton. That was another thing. It was really bizarre because it was like that you tied Brazil. People forget that, I think. Starting lineup. Like that, That's that, unbelievable. And they, there was like 300, 400 Brazilian media there. As you can imagine, they're then just going to shift rate and follow the team during the World Cup. And they were screaming. Was it, who was the manager then? Pereira? Who was what, so the, uh, the, the manager. He wanted him out. Fired. You can't beat Canada. You like draw to Canada. And we, the last 10 minutes, we were like, I thought we could we could have taken it like it rocked them when when, when Berdusco scored the uh, equalizing goal. Wow! And everybody was there. It was like fifty five thousand in Edmonton, and everybody's there. And that was one of the only pro Canadian crowd. Obviously, not a ton of Brazilians in Edmonton, and they just went crazy because they could not believe it. They were just kind of going there to watch lambs to the slaughter, probably. Right? What a rare experience for you, not only to challenge a, what ended up being the eventual World Cup winners, but to have a Pro Canadian crowd in a full Canadian stadium. That's shocking, right? Never happened. I can't again. <laughs> never. Uh, yeah, I can't remember ever having a crowd. Maybe in Swangard Stadium in Burnaby, we might outnumber the El Salvadorians, maybe a couple hundreds or something. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this: So, right? so you're, you're playing these great teams, right? And, and you're losing them, or you're drawing them, right? Generally speaking, would you rather? experience those kind of teams, right, and not come out on top? Or would you rather play the Caymans and win 11-0? No, or, no, or you want to be tested. You, you want to be right? tested, as a, yeah. as a footballer. 
You do want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, but what about when your career finishes and you look at your goal totals and, and Carl Laren's now the leading goal scorer of all time for Canada and he thinks back on, on that hat trick and goes, pretty fucking glad I played Bermuda that year. It's part of it too, who, right? Who do you think the most disappointed player in the Canadian system has got to be Jonathan oh. David? Like seriously, at the end of the day, he doesn't play. Does Cavallini play as much? Or you know what I mean? Or like at the end of his career, he's going to look back and go, yeah, if you take away five goals from so-and-so and give me five, you know what I mean? Like that was basically a padding of the stats really for an opportunity that just does not come around very often. Well, I think maybe more so he would look at Kyle Lahren and say, you know, would Lahren be able to have got the hat trick and padded his stats? Because I think what's happened now is Kyle Lahren has pushed Cavallini out, which no one would have expected. Yeah, Cavallini's out for sure. Certainly, I think, I think you, have, you have Jonathan David and you have Kyle Lahren. They're, yeah. they're, they're your goal-scoring threats. Certainly, the Whitecaps wouldn't have expected that. And you looked at the trajectory, Kyle Lahren had kind of completely fallen off. And, well, and then he had a controversy, about. of course. Now, what, what's, you know, then he goes to Turkey and, and he just bosses it at Besiktas this season, right? After going away on loan, though, yeah. he was a bit of a flop at Besiktas. It was a disappointment, first. wasn't he? He's got, his, he's got it back. Huge. But Besiktas has always had talented frontmen and and uh, capable frontmen, <clears throat> big names. So I think it was yeah. it was always going to be kind of a tough nut to crack. And Turkey's a very unique league in its own right. So you know what? That good country, on him. Those, that country is football crazy. Well, their, their their national team right now is fantastic. Watch out for Turkey, by the way, at Euro this summer. That's your dark horse. They might be my Greece. 2004 Ooh. could be Turkey this year. Yeah. They should it's always a bit of an insult like, they, to Turkey. They should, do, they should do better well, than they, the they actually but do, but I think there's a lot of internal issues and things there. In the Turkish side. Yeah, and well, just the, the whole national Yeah, the whole football system there, you know. Well, you know, the team is staying there, and I think he's probably the best human being in the world. Yeah. No one looks healthier. Like, if I want to, you know. He's the healthiest looking human being I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's the same so age as you, healthy. so it's pretty incredible. I know. Look at him. He looks exactly what? the same he, as he, he did when he was yeah. 20. 25, He's, yeah. Um, we were speaking, I was at one soccer last week speaking to David Edgar, who knows Tiba really well. And Tiba went to, uh, Edgar thought he went to a gluten-free diet uh, the last couple of years. It changed everything as I drink beer. Right now, <laughs> what do you mean? You, it, you think? Well, that's what David Edgar was saying. That that's what he thought. He thought it was a gluten free diet, but regardless, he is such. Forget the fact that he's a fantastic footballer, and he's what thirty? Was he thirty eight now? Thirty eight. Thirty eight years right? old, and he'll still be the guy you know commanding that 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 team for the next year or so at least. Um, he just looks so healthy. He's the, the picture of health. Like Jesus Christ, Atiba. What is your secret? I think what's incredible too is that the you know you see DNA. There's I not got that. There's not too many. Well, I certainly don't. We were just talking about last week. Wonga was talking about you know the body changing and reinventing itself. I've been trying to run faster for 34 years, Wonga. Yeah, but you know, it'd be you and I, and you know, JC here and Wonga too. He was an athlete, Wonga, but I, I feel harder for, for, for Craig's and Danny's and ex-professionals who <laughs> who once upon a time were like elite athletes, right? Incredible. I've always been a sack of shit. So even mm. though I'm 46 now, um, the the, the difference between me at 46 and 26 is nothing compared to Craig at, at 26. Oh, it's, it's put like that snow, you know, you spray on the Christmas tree. <laughs> no mirrors, no Ronaldo yeah. house. Yeah, you, I right? just put a little hole. I just put a little hole just enough to see you. Fucking your nose hairs. <laughs> That's right, them too. <laughs> Fucking. I'm getting, ear, I'm getting ear hair now. 
Just yeah. on the lobe. You've got oh. ear hair? On the lobe. Oh, that's because yeah, the neighborhood too. you live in. I saw one in the... <laughs> I was driving in the car. I saw one in the, you know, in the sun. They beaming in. And I was like, looked in the rearview mirror. Like, what the hell's that? I thought it was just a just a stray, like a real hair. And I was like, no, it's coming from my ear. I'm like pulling my ear. Like, it hurts like, hurts like hell. <laughs> oh, it does it ever. I never I'm had nose dry. hairs or ear hairs until I hit like 40. And B, mm. you're not there yet. But this is what I get to look me, forward to in 12 it's, years. It's, it sucks. I didn't have chest hair until I was like in my late 20s. You know that? It, I, that's not true. No, no, no true. I, I understand that. It comes. I had late. a full beard, but the chest hair didn't come until I was late 20s. The, the scraggly hairs. Did the you nipples. have to buy the beer? Scraggly. Did you have to go to the liquor store? Did I have? To, what, was I the one privileged? You mean? Well, mm-hmm. you have to have you have to have a beard and balls, right? Like, I had one or the other. Not tell you which one. Uh, no, I was not the person that was asked to. Okay. Back to the Bahrain Grand Prix story. So you had the full range. Bahrain is the Las Vegas of the Middle East. Okay, it is very much that. So you have everything. So the elite of the elite are there. The richest of the rich are there, most weekends anyway. You had every <laughs> type of event the same way you do in Vegas. And one flyer that I saw on a lamppost was little people tossing. It's big, they're called midgets. It's little people tossing. And it was written in Arabic. So they the fact that I pulled that midgets. much was just from the graphics used. It was little people tossing. And I don't know, you know, it was at least $90 Canadian based on the exchange rate of the time to toss the midget didn't go the little person off no to attend it was oh, it was like watch. a circuit to it watch. was like a to watch it just to watch it wow. 90 dollars canadian it was in a bar and you're you're paying 15 dollars a pint it's an expensive place so little person tossing was was a so how'd you do gold medal <laughs> so you, you were good at it. it you, you found your medal. sport <laughs> For the record, I did not go to this event, okay? I didn't oh. support that. I was spending $15 a, a pint shocking. to drink in an Irish pub and play darts with my cousin. We went to the... Well, there's little people in Irish pubs, generally speaking. Good point. They're called leprechauns. We do segue back and forth a little bit. A little bit. But we were talking about how many teams in, in FIFA. Well, there's, there's 211 on their website. So what are the new ones? Tell us the new ones. Who's bottom? Well, just who's dead last? Yeah, who's give, at the give bottom? Us, give us the bottom five. Like, well, speaking of Bahrain, they're two ten. Whoa, two ten. Mm-hmm. Bahrain's a very cool place. Very cool place. The Formula One Grand Prix uh, season opener was just in Bahrain last weekend. Lewis Hamilton. Holy cow! Yeah, Cayman Islands are two o three. I mean, holy jeez, two o three. Where is Canada though? If we're seventy, the, I think we're seventy three. If you're using the carbonated beverage rankings of the world. We're 73. Did you just open a carbonated beverage of which I world rank? Yes. Sounds like it. I don't know if the mic is dropping the, uh, the, 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 the gray goose tonight with some buble. Is it a holiday tomorrow or something? What are you doing? Use your microphone. Right. He's the producer. heading to church uh, for Holy Thursday in about 15 minutes when we're done. Holy the Thursday. There's a, Why yeah. did you become a Texan when you talk about religion? Because it turned, I gave do up. You eat, do, you I gave up Catholicism. do you eat meat on Good Friday? Uh, no, we used to eat potato pancakes. And Whoa, fish. Yeah, fish super is Irish. Pesche, pesche, if you are pesche, that way inclined, pesche. yeah, I eat as much meat as possible. The oh, rarer so you, the better. See, I don't live you my atheist. life going against it. I just, it's just very odd to me that I was brought up in that environment. Going back to um, you know, me being <laughs> Mister International Sports. So back in many years ago, a show called Sports World, I I would I would um host and 
champion and, uh, is the I'm word I would use. Headline sports, but we used to get this international feed in. Um, it was called APTN, and it was SNTV was part of it. SNTV was a sports part component. But every Good Friday, they had these horrible images from around the world of the, these nutcase fucking Catholics celebrating Good Friday and these like crucifixions. Masochist. It was the most disturbing imagery I've ever seen in my life. It was horrible. And any, you know, any second guessing I had about organized religion was doused. Let me tell you, watching that nonsense. Mm. Holy crap. It was awful. Well, you, you must have been brought up religious. Yeah, I grew up Catholic. Very much so. And uh, I dabbled in born-again Christianity for a minute in childhood, I guess. You did? For a minute. Yeah, my mother was introduced to it. And uh, I grew up in Windsor, as we've talked about before. So Detroit has a very you know, prominent Christian community. And I absolutely loved, well, if I was going to spend four hours at church instead of one hour at mass, might as well be some good music. So that was kind of the, that was kind of the pull. I spent... I spent many a Sunday mornings and afternoons in uh, in Detroit churches. Yeah, wow. Yeah, uh, didn't see that coming, did you? When, when I also all, went when to an all-Muslim all high school. What a story! An all-Muslim high school. That's correct. Really, apart from you, apart from me. So it wasn't all. It was also it was mostly. So it was a Catholic school. However, of the twelve hundred students that were in the school, nine hundred of them were were Muslim. So it was a very unique situation and uh a very great place did to they uh go break to, school. to uh pray five times a day i don't believe they did however if anyone were to request that they i believe they would have been allowed did they bring prayer mats to school no they didn't didn't do that no but the masses were interesting because it was a school sanctioned you know catholic school uh we had to have mass a few times a year whatever it was and it was in the gymnasium so you would have you know, a priest, and I remember the priest being Portuguese. The entire school is there, and uh, only 200 people are standing to participate, and the rest are, you know, quite respectful. But it was a much different looking crowd. I'm sure. Well, I don't. I don't. To, uh, uh, much different. I don't go to churches except for funerals and weddings and christenings or whatever. There's like I I, I feel like a fraud awkward, if you were to go. Not awkward, but I feel a little disrespectful ah. to the people who believe. Because I, I think you believe whatever you want, especially yeah, in, the, in that spiritual world. So do whatever you want. It's just the reli- organized religion back again for me is the same as. I, I, I grew up also in, in Catholic schools. And, uh, and now I take great pride at weddings and funerals, not genuflecting when I go into the, the pews and not kneeling down. You're I love it. anti. I am very anti, yeah. You know, yeah. at some point, we'll, we'll, we'll although get at some point when this whole COVID crap's over, we'll bring uh, my mate Michael Corrin. Into the show, right? He's a huge football fan, big Spurs fan. He's actually an ordained priest now. Um, he was so right wing about eight yeah, years no, ago. Yeah, he's, got, he's got an amazing story, actually, how he, how he changed his really? whole thought process. And and it was, was, were you always friends with him, or did you become friends with him after he changed? No, no, before, like through yeah. football, through football, basically. Um, but football he, made him religious? Change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sun TV is where I met him at first, I was on the show. Talking about the World Cup in like two thousand and so what was like maybe? like what were you talking about what was his like views that he was making public well, then was, compared to now uh, you know what? we'll bring Michael on to explain it all because I, I never knew I, I never knew him, him before but like I 
the stuff he he puts out now is like yeah. I'm not even religious at well, all. I remember him but but back in if the day. If I was, he was he, like, wow. he seems to have a good take on it. I, I think he I think now he, he I think does, he yeah. questioned like gay marriage, for example. I believe, and I apologize if I'm wrong, but very much he's the opposite now. Um, but he'll come on and talk about sport and religion. Because obviously religion is huge in sports. You know, yeah. you, you see every time someone scores a goal, comes on as a freaking sub. You know, they're they're doing the old sign to the the father and the mother and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a long time, but it'd be a big good, good chat though. So we'll get him in the garage at some point. But it would, and be. It would be great to have David Miller is going to come on. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was planning to former Toronto Mayor All David Miller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we can get some smart people too who will just sit here and stare at us like. Like, what am I doing Douchebags. here? Atheist yeah. Charmin. The only pew you have time for is Mallory Pew of the U.S. Women's National Team. <laughs> no, no, no. Mm. No, I'm thinking um, the, the Cayman Islands coach is called Pew. Uh, oh, really? I think it's for Jeffrey Pew or something. Jeff Pew. I think it's Jeff Pew. I think, uh, you know, I've got in my, in my little black book ah. here. Actually. While you're doing, while you're looking, I, I've, I've got to correct myself because for some reason that loaded the 2018 world the rankings. rankings. So there is only 210. So whoever that was... <laughs> They're gone. So, wow, you're three years behind. And Bahrain aren't as bad now. They've improved. 197th. Ooh, where are they? Come on, Bahrain. Who's the worst then? Come on. Yalla, Bahrain. Bahrain, Come on. Bahrain, Tulula, Come on. Bahrain, Tulula. 196. Come on, Bahrain. Is that a real song? Come on, Bahrain. Ah. Who's uh, Who's worst then? Who's the worst team in the world right now? I don't even know. Ben Pugh. Ben Pugh is the Cayman Islands coach. He's from Suffolk, what, England. What country is that? SMR. San Marino? Yeah. No. Could be San Marino. They're, they're, they're not the worst, are they? Could be. They've yeah, still got some professional yeah. players suiting up to Ryan play the, um, internationals. There's no way they're worse than the Americans. San Marino? Jeff, the, the, the voice <laughs> vendor, you know, the, the most uh, cultured and professional voice person in this entire room, keeps forgetting he hasn't got a mic. <laughs> they literally can't pick you up. What's the guy to my right mumbling about over here? What are you looking up, Craig? Am I mumbling? Yeah. You're, the, you're going, oh, so, so. really? Yes. You're... <laughs> wow. You were looking I'm talking up. to myself? You, you that were, reminds me, actually, of another, uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Please do. <laughs> about mumbling. Bobby, Bobby Ferguson used to be Sir Bobby Robinson's right-hand man uh, at Ipswich. And then when Bobby went to do uh, England manager, Bobby Ferguson then stepped up in the first-team manager. Not really the personality to be a first-team coach. Excellent coach, but just he couldn't take... The pressure, or you know, people criticizing, or you know, things like this. So <clears throat> he used to hammer Frank all the time. He used to be, but then Frank Yellow, Frank Yellow, and uh, so then he uh, one day Frank's playing in the MLS for Tampa Bay. Thomas Rongan's Tampa Mutiny. Bay. Mutiny. Yeah, that's right, Thomas Rongan. It, it was a big part of Frankie's uh, coaching career, and on to Washington, right? So uh, Frank says to me. Guess you got a hold of me. On who? Bobby. He was on holidays in Florida and got a hold of him. And he used to just rip Frank. Rip him. He'd always be the first guy on the team sheet, but he would be the punching bag. Like, absolutely punching bag. Even when Terry Butcher would take the blame, he'd be like, no, no, it's Yellip's fault. It's fucking Yellip. He's afraid to pass you the ball. Is, is he the one that named you Stacks? Who, Frank? No. Oh, Bobby Ferguson? Bobby Ferguson. 
No, I don't think it was. I think it was a, it was a player that shouted it out. But Fergie loved it because he was in the room. He was like, <laughs> Stacks, I liked it. He didn't like people with their eyes too close together. He cut one guy that came for a trial. He didn't even get out in the field to try out. He didn't like the look of his face. No, he says, was that the guy? I passed him. I passed him in the. Uh, I passed him in the tunnel. And it, and it, Brian Owen, the guy, his name is one of the coaches. He's like, yeah, he's here on trial, and he's like, don't like him. Just what didn't like the look of his face. He says, his eyes are too close together. You can't trust him. Like Yellup and fucking Putney. That might explain why I'm not on television anymore. Someone doesn't like the look honestly. of my face. So anyway, he gets a hold of Frankie. They go golfing. And Frank says, over the ball, he's teeing off, and he's like, he mumbled. And then he hits the ball. Like, after about 10 holes or so, he's over the ball, and he's mumbling again. And he pulls back off the ball, and he says to Frank, would you stop talking? <laughs> Frank... Like he actually believes Frank's talking. Sure. And he's like himself a fucking guy. Talking to himself. Talking to himself. And he blamed mumbles. poor Frank Yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Frank had a couple. He, he golfed with Harry Redknapp at Pebble Beach. Wow. How cool is that? I feel like... Mark Watson and Frank Yellow uh, and Harry. The English who love golfing, they really invest in golfing in incredible places. And English in general get to travel to places North Americans would never get to travel to. Like... Northern Africa, mm. Egypt has some incredible coastal resorts. Tunisia, I've got a couple of friends. That, oh, yeah, Tunisia, bro. You got to go to Tunisia. I'm like, what did you do on Tuesday? What? <laughs> you mean you mean Tunisia? Yeah, Tunisia, bro. Oh, okay. Tunisia. We would never go there. I feel like when it comes to golf, someone like Harry Redknapp, his, he's probably golfed at Augusta. Am I right? Oh, I don't know. Augusta's a... Tough to get on? Yeah. But he might find somebody. Uh, I bet you Thomas Wrong in his nobody golf at Augusta that, that Harry would know. <clears throat> nobody at Augusta that would know Harry. That's not Harry's crowd. What it would Harry's be crowd? it would be in England, like if he went to Wentworth or something like that. Well, St. Andrews? He's, he's golfed there? Or St. Andrews. Right. Uh-huh. Your best place to golf? You and I have golfed in a few places. That place at Victoria Park in Danforth. Dentonia. 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 It's the only place we could bring them. Yeah, That's my thirteen dollars. It was the only place that was a, that would allow me in. You're right. Probably worse than you are. So if now I'm never ever going to accept an no, invitation no, for these assholes to go golfing. We talked about this last week. We're, what we are going to do is two shots each on Forest. All seven of us or six of us shots. Soccer like shots. What, like soccer tequila shot. in net. We get to we get to shoot on them. Okay, and then oh, so I see. That's that's played out. Six, twelve, eighteen. Craiger said that the guy who would have the the most pressure would be Danny. Oh, for sure. Have to score on. Yeah, yeah. I reckon you'd have to win. What are you thinking, Craig? Like, well, I'm going to let your guys in. Danny won't be listening to this, so I'll let yours in, right? I'll tell you in advance. I'll be like, I'll go right. Hey, you yeah, gotta let okay. me score first. Top corner, <laughs> yeah. beautiful goal. Yeah, Dunlop and, and you know what? First. TSN back in I want to say <laughs> oh two. Amazing prank. Corey O'Hanley, this guy that still works at TSN, young guy at the time. Uh, you know, like guys were missing penalties in the World Cup or whatever, and and you know, fans, armchair fans, are like even at TSN, guys that didn't know him very well, they're just like, how can you miss? Like, how do they miss? And da da da. So we went out and did a feature with a guy who would be Corey O'Hanley, you know, five foot four, a little overweight, average guy, couch potato, sports guy, 
you know, can't miss. So we get him out there and he takes, we were like, oh, he's going to take 10. Um, he hit the first one over, the second one over, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, all over the net. Roberto Baggio just sky. That takes something, actually. It did, and he was actually striking them well. He just could not keep the ball. That was unbelievable. It got to the point where it's like, well, you got to score one. So he literally like said, "I'm going to go this way," and you just side footed in that corner. So it looks like you know he got one out of ten at least. It took forever. He didn't hit the target, Dan. No, but you said it <laughs> took a lot. So he had ten shots. How many more shots? Did, like, was it another ten? Was it another? Oh, probably. So he went, really, he went zero for 30, or zero for yeah. 20. Now, with the because kill, he wasn't hitting the target. With the when kill, he hit the first one, I was actually like, oh, he's going to be fine, because he struck it well enough to, you know, go over the bar. So I figured, you know, he just, I can't tell where he's going, so, right? How can I read a guy? He doesn't know where he's going himself. Did you, did yeah, you, well, did you, exactly. Did you go strutting around town that night? After you're 0 for 20. Yeah, like, I guess that. Yeah. Greg's walking on and gets dressed up in his so kit. So, so Craig, so you're, you're, forget Beach, but you're you know facing us, for example, right? Yeah. What Are, are, are you looking at our eyes or just are you? No, are you, it's what like. What are you doing? You're reacting because we're so bad. Well, we wish you know what? Like, so the trouble is, and that's it with a penalty, is that you're like, you have no, you're, you're not using any of your ability to close down an angle or, and it's. Freaking eight yards wide. It's big. So if you, anybody can strike the ball with any type of power, you're just, you know, if you can get it up in the corners, you're, you're not going to yeah, get goal, it. it. The goal matter. scorer has the advantage, the attacking right. player, obviously, right? For sure. So but when Gold Cup, when you're standing I'm still going to guess if you're going to hit it, if you're going to be able to strike the ball. You're guessing still. I'm still going to be guessing somewhere. So yeah. in the Gold Cup and you're standing at the goalpost, right? Yeah. Just before they, they run up. Yeah. Do you think that worked? I mean, obviously it did work, but do you think it got into the heads? Yeah, I think so. Would you try the same thing on Wonger? No. <laughs> yeah. Because Wonger will be concentrating on one thing, and that's just hitting the ball behind it. No chance as you're guessing. As hard as you can. No chance. Just smash it. You're guessing on me. You're absolutely reacting. Slowest run up ever. Right? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, like, have a cigarette. Yeah, that's right. He starts oh. from the center circle. This this destined for slaughter pig oh. running up to the ball in the spot. Yeah. That'd be fun, though. I can't wait to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I quick penalty kick story. The only time that I had a I think second time I've ever kicked a penalty kick. Say again? Everybody's agreed to, but nobody's actually I haven't agreed to doing this. What? Well he has signed an NBA. Six, twelve, eighteen. That's twenty four shots right here. No, no. Look at us, Craig. Look at us. It's only six of us. Yeah, twenty four each. I get to shoot on you guys too. I'll play keeper for you. I'll play keeper. That's a story. I faced I faced Alan Shearer. It's one thing we're going to come in, me and you. That's right. What's yeah. that? I faced Alan Shearer in goal. Alan Shearer is like one of the greatest penalty takers of all time. I think right. it's fair to say, yeah. right? I, I, I don't remember this... saving one of his. I don't know if he, he got. <laughs> he definitely got one or two pens. <laughs> Did you stop any from Alan Shearer? No, I got my hand to one of them, and it oh, broke my wrist pretty much. Right. He, he actually would tell me, I'm going, like, after a while he goes, all right, I'm going left now, left, low. He'd tell me, but he'd point, and I he'd didn't come it. fucking Still close to it. it. He yeah. liked that. Oh, just hit the ball so cleanly, didn't he? Oh, it's pure power. It's a different sound, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Much like your Jordy accent, which you should really do more often. More so, yeah. I think it's in Jordy Jordison. That would be a great name. A little character. That'd be a good one. Would he be as filthy as Ulf Alfison? Mm, I don't know. What about T-Side Tintin? Remember that? 
Stinton. Oh, oh, we should bring that again. We should That's bring that. Great. Dan Wonger's never seen this. We'll share this on the Footy Prime Twitter page. By the time you've seen this, by the way, subscribe, like, and review. We'll have posted Teesside Tintin episodes from late 2000s. Yeah. Where essentially they take episodes of the famed child's cartoon Tintin and have uh, Teesside voices from Middlesbrough. Dub it. It's the funniest thing. Very vulgar, Miet. Very vulgar. Very, very vulgar. (laughs) Oh, and Tintin, the the, the, the redhead with the little twirl in the front of his head. He's bold. Redhead. And they put it like a a Jordy accent. Twirl in the front of his head. Teesside. They're from Teesside Tintin, and he's filthy. Incredibly vulgar. So are people from Teesside. (laughs) Good point. So it's incredibly accurate. We used to play this. That's right. Sid the Sexist came from that area, too. Sid the Sexist, yeah. He was a Jordy, wasn't he? Now he's on Breakfast Television. <laughs> nice. Sharman and I used to work in Sirius Satellite Radio, which was incredible because there were no rules. I didn't tell the penalty kick story. Can I oh, tell yeah. that story quickly? So I set up this memorial tournament. Good friend of mine tragically passed away. He'd worked for uh, several different media companies. So I got all the media companies together to play in this charity tournament. Stephen Caldwell worked with him. Uh, I wanted Stephen Caldwell on my team. This is Johnny Gale. Yeah, Jonathan Gale. Um, so uh, they worked together at TSN. I said, you know, the TSN team, they'll be fine. So it was my um, co-ed league team, and we wear Spurs shirts with uh, Johnny G. Patches on the side. He played with us briefly. So Steve says, well, do you, have you got room for my kids? Yeah, sure. We can get your kids in. 10 and 12. Great players. Well, they are endurance gazelles, okay? To which, obviously, if we've, dis- we've discussed many times, I am not. Uh, they're also incredibly competitive, maybe even more so than their former professional Scotland-capped father. So we get to a penalty kick shootout, and I said, you know what? I'm shooting last year. So one of the kids who wasn't chosen, I think one of them did shoot, one did not, says to his dad, Dad, if you're going to let Dunlop shoot, if he doesn't score, we're out of this fucking tournament, Dad. And he says, son, it's his tournament. If he wants to shoot, let him shoot, for Christ's sake. We'll just see what happens. Like, that, that's your Stevie Copel impression. Horrible, isn't it? It's Not bad. bad. The Not kid bad. goes. Better. Oh my! What is the point, right? So what confidence? So Stevie, I've I've heard all this as well. Like I'm ready to take the shot. Okay, I've heard all this. <laughs> He's got one one tear coming down his cheek. So oh, this kid is he like six? So yeah, four. You've met him before. He's four years old. You've met Stevie's kids at, at the old oh, actually, stores. Ste- ah! He's not four. They were, I believe they were 10 and 12. So Stevie picks up the ball, knowing I've heard this conversation from his young son who has no confidence in me whatsoever. And you had none of these before anyway. True. So he picks up the World Cup replica ball that costs $18 at Canadian Tire, and he hands it to me, and he says, Go on, mate. Whatever happens, it's okay. But try and have a go, eh? All right. So I, <laughs> try and have a go. It's so patronizing. So I put the... Yeah, exactly. And he laughs, right? So I put the ball down. I do my Ronaldo shuffle. And I'm looking at my friend in goal, and I don't know if Michael Greco is going to allow me to score or if he's going to be professional like Craig and, and guess. I hit the best shot I've ever hit in my life. It goes in, and I didn't even know how to celebrate. I should have just Ronaldo, same! But instead, I just like awkwardly fist-pumped and laughed, and then the children who doubted me jump into my arms and celebrate. We're off the final. We lost 6-0. But I got us there. To the so at the very least, the Caldwells respect you now. Yeah, young Caldwells. They respect me. They're still in elementary school. There you go. See, that was your moment. 
Did you really do the Ronaldo shuffle? Everybody's got a moment. Shuffle? Mm. Yeah. You said What's a Ronaldo shuffle? You, you, that's what you said. I said that? Yeah. I've, I've confused D-Ro with Ronaldo and I've put them together. Okay, that's right. Okay. The Ronaldo celebration? The Ronaldo... No, no you said... You know, the, the, on, the on the run-up, you said you did a Ronaldo shuffle. Well, that's what I meant. Okay. That that jump. Yeah. But emblematic. You, but did you shake and bake? I should have. I didn't know what to do. I just, Ronaldo shake and bake. I'm trying to think of like what player who's like... You wouldn't expect to score a goal. It would be me. Didn't know how to celebrate. That's exactly what it was. It was like it was like the line. Yeah, but you gotta look. You gotta. You, you want to celebrate like you've been there before. You want to celebrate? You have been there before, right? If Barry you Sanders. run off taking Barry your Sanders. jersey, like running around the block, like right. uh, people would have gone. Well, look at a sports bra. First reference. goal ever, or what? What's wrong with this guy? If you just give it the little fist bump, yeah. You're right. So, like, you don't want to be that authentic. You definitely yeah. want to be authentic on social. Shears was uh, Shear didn't do much, did he? Just arm up in the air. That was it. Anyways, while Brendan's not here, because he has him? to pee. No, oh. Oh, uh, we have to thank him, welcome him, which we did. But he's doing our new social stuff. So everyone, please share. That's a little business side, but they're fun. They're little cutouts, and Craig shares a lot. Like Craig is going to be on a lot. Mr. Social week. Media over here. Who? Never. Nope. Like, never. I go weeks without even looking at it. Only this to week. To be fair, th- though, like, it was, you know, I don't know if it was earlier on or with that had anything to do with it or whatever, but it was more, like, toxic. I used to get more toxic shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, when, when, you, when you're out there and you're exposed to the masses. What is the hate. worst thing? This yeah, is more of a maybe. Charms question, but I'm bringing it up. What's the worst thing a, a viewer, a listener just a purveyor of your broadcast and your media, whether it's print, video, audio, across the board. What was the worst thing that someone said that hurt you and then something that made you laugh? Well, it's funny about you know being hurt because when, it, when you first start in the business, those, those you know, be the tweets or emails, because when I started this before freaking Twitter, <laughs> but emails, they would, they would hurt, right? And, and I'd hold on to it. You, you get like... 20 great, great emails and then one bad one. It would, it would haunt you. and You'd be in a real bad way, pissed off for a while. Yeah. But then you get used to it and then you grow a thick skin. Um, you, get, you get threats. You've got a few threats. You know, one guy actually called and left a message on my phone saying, you know, um, I forget what I said. It's probably against Italy or something. Generally was. Or yeah, Arsenal. That's right. Um, and he, he goes, if it comes to Montreal, I'm going to kick your ass. Don't you fucking dare come to Montreal. And so I called him back. He actually left his number. And I called him back. And as generally is the case in these situations, he, he totally backed down and apologized. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in the bad way, man. I love you. I love your show. I was like, shut up. Shut up. So you get those ones. Um, but nothing I really hung on to too bad. He, a couple of uh, Photoshop geniuses, you know, would, would, you know, create some pictures. Yeah, but that's okay. So that's threatening. But there's those ones that make you laugh too, where they're either threatening just crazy. Well, the ones, no, the ones that they, they, they all accuse me of being like a, a Manchester United fan. I'm too biased. I'm like, holy shit. Have you ever watched me? Have you, have you been following me at least for like a week? Because I, and I that hurts why. you as a, as a yeah, journalist. Like, what? As a all the freaking teams. Yeah. Why would you think that, right? So you get those occasionally. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's funny. I used to get far more at the score than at Sportsnet even. Even though Sportsnet was a much bigger broadcast, you know, right. I, I think the ones that that win. Somebody says ugly, but the, the those those ones you you get when they they mention something that you are very aware of. Say it's a, a you know something about your delivery or something that you know you got to work on. You're not very good at, and they 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 call it. 
those ones hurt the most. It's like, fuck, I know I can't pronounce the word Bobby or, or something like that, you know? There's some words you avoid, yeah. right? There's for some me, crutches as well, and for, they call you out on it. Well, for me, it was, I know my hair is gray, you big jerk. I'm younger and my hair is going gray. To be honest, I would get the, the most insults I would get oftentimes were very homophobic slurs. No. And I wish I was aware enough at the time to be more, I don't know, defensive, I guess, in that moment and, and be more uh, respectful, I guess, yeah. in that moment to, to, res- to respond and out those people who were making those comments. And I didn't do that. But the insults that I would get, the only ones that really got to me were if if someone made a mistake on the show and they would say the whole show sucked, I was like, no, I've, I've done really well. And there may have been a slip up, but I was good. You know? Yeah, that, that misspelling on the key wasn't my freaking fault. Thank you very but much. Why would you call that out? Exactly. You misspelled Boston. It's not my fault. I didn't type it. I'm sure. I'm sorry they put an H in Atletico Madrid, but they were playing Atletico Bilbao. Okay, Athletic Bilbao. You know, actually, I used to get the ones saying, "Oh, you're, you're stealing a Canadian's job. How dare they bring yeah. you over just for this?" It pissed me off. Like, fuck off. I've been here for well, thirty years now. Been here for twenty years, fifteen yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but once you let but me I'm, be the Twitter guy, I'm Canadian. Guy, I've I've taken the test. I'm Canadian. I've taken the test. But once stop it. Once you let me be the no, Twitter guy, I stopped tweeting that. <laughs> I appreciate. So that. once you Thank allowed you. me on the Thank show, you. I stopped tweeting. I used that. to engage with them actually, you know, and then I learned not to after a while. Yeah, all right, all right. So uh, it's time for footy picks. Uh, I will avoid this, but uh, Craig and uh, and Punners there off the top here. The Premier League's back. Leicester City against Man City. The first I game know. since they announced. Kun Aguero is leaving the club at mm. the end of the season. Good match. It is a great match, isn't it? You know, it's a hard one because, like, City are playing so well. But Leicester, you know, doing well themselves. They, City are in everything. They've got a lot going on. Coming back from international duty. 2-2. Two, two. Oh, I was going to go draw as well, but both perhaps a bit impotent. 1-1, one, one, I was going to say. Impotent. Good word. Never been used on... Garage or no. Prime before ever. Um, Arsenal, Liverpool, uh, the uh, Michael Thomas derby, as we like to call it. You go first this time. I wasn't listening. Who in Liverpool? What's the Michael Thomas derby? So obviously Arsenal. Oh, Arsenal, right. If yeah. you'd asked this match first, I would have said 1 1, but having already said that, I feel pressure to give a different Don't get result. pressured by Don't go impotent. It should have nothing to do with it. If you want to go 1 1, do it. No, I'm going to take risks. I'm going to say Arsenal 2, Liverpool 1. Wow. You I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. It's basically <laughs> must-win time for Liverpool, right? It so is. football. Oh, and all their ambitions. Man. By the way, LeBron James owns a lot more of that club now than he did. Oh, we've not got into that. Last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. FSG have... So uh, how much does he uh, own of the club now? Well, so his, he's part of this Red Bird, I think, is it? Enterprises. Oh, yeah. who have bought 10% Group. stake in FSG. So he's now got a place on the board. It was interesting. Isn't that amazing? The bigger swing to that, though, is because he had a percentage of Liverpool previously. Yeah. But now he has a percentage of the Red Sox and that entire enterprise. FSG, yeah. So. Sports group. It's interesting. Smart. I mean, when he wins a title for the Celtics in a couple of years, when the Celtics finish in the lottery and they draft Bronny, young LeBron, putting that theory out there. Ooh. Hmm? He can just. Go to the team and just stamp his own checks. Was there another game he gave us? Uh, yeah, there was. Coming up um, is Newcastle 
Newcastle. Say it Introduced by a new uh, Jordy Jordison, our new uh, character. Castle against Spurs, right? So a couple of managers on the uh, on the cusp of being fired. Two managers that couldn't be any less alike. Who's more likable? Steve Bruce Ooh. or Jose Mourinho? Steve Bruce is so cuddly. Depends on who you're asking. Well, you know what? Like if you if you talk to people that know both of them, they're really, really well. Like Paul Pescasolito knows Steve Bruce really well. Does he, he rip him? And he said he's a fantastic man. He writes children's books for Christ's sakes, Steve Bruce. Doesn't he? I th- wasn't that a, was it a, detective? a joke? No, no, it's true. He writes books when I was 16, I watched... Uh, actually? actually hey, I'm pretty sure. 17, I watched Steve Bruce score for Norwich against Ipswich. I was in, in the crowd, in the pen, all ball-wired in. When you were with the, uh, the the kids' team? That was nuts. No, I went... I went with the away supporters? Well, there was a couple a of youth players went. We got on the train and went to Norwich. That was a sort of first experience what is in, that, in a derby, like getting horses taking us all the way down to the... Amazing. Yeah, it was a Milk Cup semifinal. Yeah, Milk Cup. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so Milk what was... Cups, when it meant yeah. something. Yeah. So for the, mm-hmm. the North Americans that didn't understand the reference, you've taken the train, you've gone with a group of 100, 200, oh, there was, 1,000? No, no, there were several thousand, yeah. And so you've had a police escort, a horse well, police yeah, escort, you, walk you, from the train station to the stadium. Yeah, there's no cameras, right? So you're bob wired in. It was guys were climbing up in between the barriers between the two crowds, and coins are... The guy was holding on to the, you know, he's up there like this nutcase Ipswich fan gets up right up between the, on the cage and they're just going, okay, you stupid bastard. I'm going to, and they just peppered him with coins. So he's got his hands on the thing. His knuckles are bleeding from getting hit with coins. And they weren't pound coins. Probably like no, 50, 50p freaking ones that really literally open you up. What would fly there was that? a guy literally right in front of me because they were just crammed in there. You're just pissing and peeing at your feet too when you, you have with, to. With the uh, the the um, program, you roll it upright. And take oh, you didn't do that either. There's nothing. Just down the next guy's leg, basically. So this guy right in front of me, I hear this thump, and all of a sudden I look around and he turns around. He's like, "Oh!" And he took one right in the forehead, <laughs> and the blood's just running down his forehead. I was like, "Wow, this is nuts." But just to like for, for the, the Canadian sports fan out there, right? To kind of put it in context, right? So imagine like you know you're in Mississauga, you got this a nice subdivision, nice house, you know, double car garage, you know, little <laughs> yeah, garage, right. garden out back there, you know, my, you know, mum's in the front pottering around the, in the flower bed, and then from nowhere you got this street. Your street is full of thousands of football fans and police horses walking down, chanting through a residential area. That's what it's like around these grounds. But the Only thing is, no the yards aren't that big because it's like you can literally, you know, think about streets, Coronation yeah. Street. Like you're down streets like that. It's pretty wild. It, you, there's, you're there's grabbing not, the front, the front doorknob. Like it's there, right there. Like it's there. Really, isn't a North American experience quite like that. You're right that it's you know they're not walking down Burnham Thorpe and Mavis. They're yeah. walking down the 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 streets in between. Yeah. That are, East York, that are two yeah, lanes. And they, the salmon. They're and walking both fans, up salmon they, they really do want to hurt somebody. Mortimer. They want to hurt somebody. Yeah, and they know they and they, you know what they might get hurt too. I've was told it, it the, the Newcastle fan who punched the police horse. <laughs> yes, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, I, or was I, to be honest. I don't remember who. Well, which Millwall fan, fan did that too, but was it Millwall too? West yeah. Ham is the, yeah. there's there's a history of this. West it's Ham. quite common. West Ham fan. Maybe. I would love, to, <laughs> yeah. If if I would love to see, you know, what the ratio between opposing players punched and police horses 
my introduction to England was Newcastle. I think I've told this before. My friend who's a magpie, we bookended the and uh, Villa and Fulham were the next weekend. So we bookended those two and made a trip. So we landed in Manchester, took the train immediately to Newcastle for a proper Friday night. This was at the peak of Geordie Shore. Forrest has heard this half of this story at least. And the match was Sunderland away at, at Newcastle, the big derby. So it was the first time I'd seen what Craig just described, the visiting fans being ushered in and like encapsulated by police. But these were Newcastle police, who I'm sure you know knew where the coins were coming from and may, might have ducked if they were coming. But the, the throngs <laughs> yeah. of Sunderland supporters who were ready to have a go was massive. And we were there, this was two hours before the match when the opposing fans showed up. And the the crowd that was there to greet them, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced in my life. It was unbelievable. And the mob mentality. I was chanting horrible words that started with C at these Sunderland supporters. I had no affiliation in this fight. Craig just Googled for- a ho- yeah, fan football punching fan horse. punches horses. There's a, there's a, there's a lot. So give, give us some scores here. Have we ever had a really smooth footy show? Give us Two a nil Spurs. Absolutely not. Two nil Spurs? Yeah. All right. Is, is Bruce gone? I hope not. He wasn't fired before the, the break, was he? B? Was Bruce fired before the break? And now I'm thinking about it. Was he fired before the break? I'll check. Mr. Interweb over here. I'm really growing, Greg. You're really growing, figuring out this interweb. Social media. I don't think he was, yeah. Spurs 3, Newcastle 1. Okay. Spurs 3, Newcastle 1. Has he got a job still? Yes, he does. Yeah. Bruce? Yes? Okay, he wasn't fired. Good. A journalist apparently in Newcastle is urging him to walk away. (laughs) Why wouldn't he? Too nice a guy to go through that. Okay, so um, it's what an hour and a half in more than that, I think. Now, right? We've got a but habit of making Joe this Rogan a full does two-hour podcasts, and he makes lots of money. Newcastle, they did a survey. Twelve thousand supporters took part in it. Ninety-five percent don't have any off. faith in Bruce. Ninety-five percent. Well, to be honest, if you took a poll of this room, ninety-five percent don't have faith in me being on this show or scoring a goal. Every now and again, it's like, oh yeah, done that. What how he's doing? I, I actually, uh, it's my birthday on Monday, actually. Happy birthday. This but past Doug fucked it up now. I'm so. going to buy you a pie. Can you buy me a pie? Yeah. Thanks. That's just what I want. Which, like a lemon meringue or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. We should probably say uh, enough's enough, Christ's sakes. And as, as, as people tell us, 45 minutes is a perfect length for a podcast. <laughs> so we've doubled it. <laughs> is that right, eh? Yeah. Yeah, you should be. If you get this far, tweet us. Let us know. And, and we'll send you something. All right, so um, that's about it. We, we should really wrap up now. We're back next week. Our thanks, as always, to DeanBlundell.com, to Amsterdam Brewery. Um, anything else? Blue microphones. Oh, blue microphones, yeah, absolutely. If, if you speak into them, they're great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if your voice is anywhere near them, they're amazing, crystal clear. But if, if for some reason you, you don't speak into the microphones, they're not as good. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you very much. Um, and we're back as shutdown April continues. Cheers for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.